What's going on with your knee? What's going on with my knee? With your eye socket? I'm old, man. What's going on with my knee? Don't be like, what do you mean? You have, you're sitting it with ice on it up, elevated in an unusual position here. What do you mean what's going on with my knee? To be clear, I'm not sitting in an unusual, I'm just sitting in a different spot in the room. It's not like I'm in some weird position. Your leg is on another chair. That's not that unusual of a position. That's a weird, people don't do that. People put their feet up on other things. With an eye spec on their, okay. Okay. I'm, you know, asking you what's going on and you're like, what do you mean? This isn't weird. I only have ice on my leg. You're being gaslit, Patrick. Nothing's happening. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing's weird about this. No, I don't know what's going on. My knee hurts, and ice makes it feel better. So that's, that's what's going on. I got old, I guess. I don't know. I woke up the other day, and my knee was just like, forget you. You're not going to be able to walk upstairs anymore. But cool. This is, this is really fun. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Hey, thanks. I hear you. Yeah. We're, we're too young to be this old. I know, right? All right, well, welcome back to the Beyond Sunday Podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nailsroff with me as always, Pastor David Bowser. How we do, Patrick? And not Elise McCarter. No. She went and passed her test and flew away. Fly yes. away, little bird. Yeah. Fly away. She'll, She'll be back, though. Yeah, she did a, a long solo flight last yeah. weekend. Cross country, which is not actually across the country, yeah, just from, to be clear. From here to College Station. <laughs> Cross country. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a ninety minute drive. <laughs> we could have like driven under her plane and watched her the entire time. I know. <laughs> oh, just flew cross country. That's it, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of planes, <coughs> let's jump into our new story. Okay. I don't like that we are speaking of planes. This gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna fly soon. I'm not sure I want to know this new story. Right, probably not like this. Uh, UC Berkeley student okay. commutes from LA by plane to avoid rent. Here's a typical day. Okay. This is from NBC. Yeah, I'm right. ready. Uh, so UC Berkeley is in San Francisco. In Berkeley, yeah. Uh, yeah Berkeley, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so he lives in LA. Okay. And he commutes by plane. So it is cheaper for him to live, I'm assuming, at his parents' house? Yeah, or wherever he was living before. Okay. You know. Cheaper to fly up there and fly back every day. Uh-huh. Than to, than to pay rent. To so, pay rent. I don't know what rent is, but, I mean, a round-trip flight every day has got to be at least, what, 200 bucks a day? 100 bucks a day? Yeah, probably something like that. So, that's... It's about five days a week, so, you know, 2,000-ish, Yeah, you know? I can see 2,000-ish being cheaper than rent. I can see that. Yeah. That's rough. I heard somebody about this uh, doing a similar thing in New York, too, that they're like an intern and it's cheaper for them to fly in and commute to New York than it was to get rent. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I mean, like, there's obviously the time cost, right? Because, like, you're flying every day. Yeah. Yeah. But he's just, he's a student. He's just cranking on his podcast. He's, you know. Sure. Uh, And he's racking up those flight miles. I mean. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So last year, Bill spent uh, 1,277 hours equal to 53 days commuting to school. That seems ineffective. Yeah. 53 days was spent commuting. Wow, man. Uh-huh. I mean, I went to school on campus, so like I don't have sure, the too. same. Yeah. I, I walked. <laughs> right. I was like, I got out of my dorm and walked to campus five minutes. And sometimes like, oh, it's just too far. If somebody was lucky, I brushed my teeth, right? Like that was yeah. that was a good day. That was, yeah. yeah. Uh, you traveled a total of 92,000 miles by plane. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, monthly rent in Berkeley is about $3,000. Three thousand, okay. Which is uh, a, about eight hundred and thirty more than the national median. So, yeah, yeah. I will say this guy is probably not flying like first class Delta or something like no, that. No, no, no. And yeah. this was this was a one year um, program that he was in, 
And so he knew he was going to come back to L.A. while uh-huh. okay. af- after that. So he didn't want to you know, get a place and come back. Yeah. And so he's also dealing yeah. with like a one-year lease, which are always more expensive than like yeah. long-term. So after Bill did some calculations, you know, he decided uh, commuting was uh, the, the most effective way. Mm, uh, at effective? First, well, cost yeah. effective. Cost effective yeah, yeah. yeah. At first, he explained. At, at first, when he explained this to to his friends, they were in shock. Sure. Uh, they think I'm insane. Uh, but he said, after a month of early departures and late flights, that disbelief turned into respect. Really? It, I mean, respect in a sense. Like, it, is it really respect if they all just stop talking to him? Is that respect <laughs> or, or <is> like <laughs> being like, "That's crazy, man." That's right. I'm out. That's, I'm done. Yeah, more power to you is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Is that respect? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, who's, who's to say? Yeah, he would wake up at 3.40 a.m. every Monday and Wednesday. Oh, my God. Oh, I guess he only goes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So there you go. Oh, okay. All three right, days. So okay. Only three days. Uh, oh, this is getting cheaper by the minute. 3.30 on Fridays. Okay. Uh, brush his teeth and drive the 35 minutes to LAX. Then he would fly. Uh, he said he got pretty good at this. Towards the end, he was only taking, you know, he'd get to his gate about 10 minutes before boarding. Okay. Plan it out right. Uh. You got to get TSA pre-check or something here. Sure, sure, sure. Hour and and 20 minute long flight. Okay. You know, eat breakfast, then take the public transportation. And he's there at 940 for his 10 a.m. class. What time would he fly back? Uh, He would leave at 6 or 7 p.m. flight home. Okay. uh, And he'd be home around 930. Okay. You know, it's not how I want to live my life, but go for it, Bill. Yeah. This seems like we should come up with a better solution to both the cost of living and the cost of education. Like, if this is the cheapest way for us to go to school, it seems like maybe we should be doing something different as a society. (laughs) Yeah, like, this makes more sense. To fly from L.A. Mm -hmm. to UC Berkeley, yeah, just, you know, it's cheaper Yeah, to make this flight. Uh, He said he had a lot of, he had a lot of miles already. Oh, okay. So, you know, that that made it easier. Uh, Yeah, I guess, you know, compared to this. Uh, on his last flight uh, with Southwest, the crew gave him he gave the crew thank you cards and goodies as a way to thank them for carrying them through his commute. No, he's getting to class on time, uh, and they had a special surprise for him. They did uh, he have like the same crew every day? Well, I guess you know probably he gets to know some people. Wow, it's crazy time. Yeah. Uh, I, I, as a special surprise, they let him go into the cockpit and take a picture in the captain's seat. Nice. And he says it was his favorite moment from the year commuting by plane. I believe it. I can't believe there was what other. <laughs> what was the competition? <laughs> I can't believe there were a lot of favorite moments. What else was in the running from being on plane. this plane? Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Southwest every time. Okay. Well, he he didn't fly just Southwest. Oh, okay. Uh, I did see a breakdown, and uh, it was pretty incredible. I mean, he broke it down. This is how much I spent. This is how much this. So yeah. he did, he was like flight shopping. He wasn't oh, even yeah. just like I'm gonna just get this this flight every time Southwest the six thirty out of South Southwest yeah. every time. No, it was, I'm going to price it out. Uh-huh. Gonna, oh, man, that is so much work. I know. How much could he have spent making you know contributions to society that would have paid him enough that he could have lived in Berkeley if he had not been spending and he seems And he seems, uh, you know, obviously attentive enough and responsible enough to, yeah. to make real contributions to yeah. society. Like, like, he would have done something. If we could just harness these powers and use it for something uh-huh. useful, that would be, yeah. Yeah, pretty incredible. Uh, did not miss a day of class. Wow. Not, not okay. one day here, and they're like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not doing good. that. Or I'm like sick because I've been flying in this germ tube back and forth three times a week. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm not even like a germaphobe, but I'm willing to acknowledge that if I were flying three times a week, you know, I'd probably get sick from somebody in that thing. Yeah. Uh, he said, you know, from like um, start to finish, it takes about four or five hours each way of the trip. Oh. So you're spending nine to 10 hours a day. Yeah. Traveling. Yeah. To get to a couple hours of class. Yeah. To, yeah. From like, probably like, seems like 10 a.m. to like 4, 
10 to, 10 to 3, I mean, something like that. Listen, my understanding is that in some parts of the developing world, there are people who walk hours a day to get to the class. So yeah, yeah, I guess this is just taking that to the next uh, very capitalist level. They don't have the class on Zoom. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a distance learning option. You'd think, yeah. Uh, man. In person only for Bill. Or, or you know, look... Ali's got some good schools in that area. That's right. <laughs> Can't he find an engineering class? Surely somebody else has taught. At UCLA. <laughs> Nobody else taught Bio 101. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, Bill. You're planning all this out. Surely, surely you got a, a, a better, you know, at least a fine class. You yeah. don't have to do this. Uh, good for Bill. Uh, yeah. Uh, according to the spreadsheet, the he spent um, about $5,700 for the year. On flights? On flights. That's pretty good. That is really good. I would say I don't know. I don't know how many like so. I mean, three times a week, but I don't think it was a fifty-two week class. No, no. So no. I don't know how many times he had to do that. But that's still, that's still good. Yeah, yeah. It, compared to nine months of three thousand rent, I mean, yeah. that's definitely better. I mean, listen, I try to fly from here to Ohio like once a week, and for our family now, that's running us upwards. Once of, a week, not once a year. Sorry, yeah. I'm wrong. Sorry, I don't, maybe wrong you have this commute plan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, once a year ish, right? And for our yeah. family, that's not running upwards of eight hundred a piece. I mean, that's that's tough. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe Elise is, you know, interviewing with Bill, being a private pilot right there now. There you go. <laughs> yeah. At least we have a job opportunity for you. All right. No longer here. Now successful. Yeah. Elise McCarter. <laughs> yeah, with Bill. Yeah. All right. Uh, enough about Bill and uh, flying. But that does sound horrific in awful. so many ways. Absolutely awful. Yeah. 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 I mean, paying $3,000 in rent also sounds horrific for sure. a one-bedroom, one-bath apartment. Yeah. Yeah. That's also equally horrific. Could have gotten a roommate. Could have kind of split that one bedroom, yeah. one bath with a instead with of a, a metal tube full of roommates. <laughs> in a, sense. a new roommate every morning. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're with our friends in relevant. Okay. Okay. Um, seven things I wish I knew about Christianity before becoming a Christian. Okay. I'm um, full disclosure. I was baptized at like four or five weeks old. Okay. So there weren't a lot of things that I knew about Christianity <laughs> before I came, became a Christian either. Just sure, sure, sure. Want to own that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, I was, you, be, you were baptized a little bit older. I was in third grade. Yeah. So, and I went to Lutheran private school. Okay. So that's kind of my my introduction into kind of the Christianity. So, you know, we had a religion class as part of that. So yeah. I knew the story of Jesus before being baptized. Sure. Yeah. Uh, my wife that was, seems appropriate. It seems like you probably want to know the story of Jesus before you're baptized. Yeah. And my wife was um, a high school student okay. when she was baptized. Did so. she know the story of Jesus? She knew the story of Jesus. Okay. So, yeah. I, Did you know the story of Noah? Probably. I'm Did you so, know the story? Can we, can we quiz you? Can we yeah. see what else you I mean, I don't really remember, but I'm sure I did. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Not every story, but I probably knew, you know, the the... The broad strokes. Did you know so. the one where Elijah orders a she-bear to maul a group of children? That, that one I, I may have missed. <laughs> okay. They probably did not go teach us that in second is grade. That, is that on class. this guy's list? Is <laughs> Number one, <laughs> Elijah orders she-bear. That, that is not on this list. But I think that this is um, this is an interesting que- you know, question here of like when people are coming to faith, um, you know, what are the expectations sure. or what should they know before – making a commitment in faith yeah um and there's always that feeling of like is this a bait and switch for like, sure am yeah. i going to hear all these things uh, that sound great and then i'm going to get into the christianity and it's gonna be like oh but really yeah now you got to do this this and this well and especially as we're you know as we've talked about on the podcast before having an increasingly secularized world we can't have this understanding of like everybody has this base knowledge right. of christianity yes. 
and the Bible. And so like coming to faith is really like, oh, now you're just going to our church. Yeah. Versus um, maybe you have no knowledge of who Jesus is or minimal knowledge and you're attracted and you're you're saying like, hey, I want to be a part of the faith community and I'm jumping in. Right. What does that look like? Yeah. In the 50s, 60s, right? Evangelism throughout most of the United States was hey, there are new Lutherans moving to our area and we're going to have a Lutheran church so that they have a place to go. For sure. Or maybe it was, hey, there are people in our church who are going to a Methodist church and we're going to try to convince them to be Lutheran. Like that was evangelism for middle, middle 20th, yeah. 20th century uh, of American history. Uh, and it's yeah, very different now. I'm with you. Yeah. So, you know, I think most churches out there are, are having more people who are in this, you know... Um, infancy stage coming to faith not just infants being baptized but an infancy stage of like i don't really know what i'm getting into yeah paul talks about them a lot so i think it is important when you kind of uh, are presenting this at least from a church perspective what are some things you should know about christianity before let's get you baptized let's get you all right yeah what do we got what's on the list all right number one it's really hard (laughs) (laughs) leading off strong i like it no it's yeah I, tough you know, sell, right? It is. It yeah. should be a tough sell, right? I yeah. try to. I try to hit this. I mean, preaching pretty regularly, right? That yeah. Christianity, being a, a follower of Jesus, does not say, "Oh, well, your life is going to be great and easy now." In uh, fact, yeah. at pretty much every point that Jesus talks about following Jesus, it talks about how hard it's going to be and how For other sure. people are going to hate you and how, yeah. you know, they're going to throw stones at you and divide your family and all this. Like because you follow me, the world is not going to like you. Yeah. Not, it's not going to get easier. <laughs> Absolutely. And and I think this is kind of a, you know, we have this interesting, like, um, contradiction happening sometimes in scripture where we talk mm, about yeah, the yeah. Christian faith. So Jesus will say, like, hey, take my yoke upon you. It's easy. My burden is light. Yep. And then chapters later will be like, you know, anyone who does not take up his cross to follow me is not, like, mm-hmm. worthy to be called Christian. That's right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so we have, like, the yoke is easy. It's also a cross. Yeah. Like, is kind of this interesting, you know, combination of what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Uh, and so I think sometimes, yeah, we want to, it's easy for a church to present, oh, it, the yoke is easy. Yeah. It's super easy to be a Christian. It's great. Everybody loves it. Like, trust me, what you're doing in the secular world is hard, and what we're doing is easy. So come join us. You yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe there is truths to that. But that's not the truth. Right. Like, there might be things you're doing in, you know, the secular world that are really hard, and being a follower of Jesus might make things interesting, uh, or might make things it's easier. easier. Sure. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean the Christian life is easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to live up to the standards of the world and, you know, constantly feel like, oh, I've got to have this new thing, or I've got to earn this new job, or I've got, like, sure. those things are really hard. It is easier, in some respects, to trust God to be enough for you, right? To yeah. Say, I, like, I don't have to find my value in this stuff. I find my value in God. That is easier. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's easier day after day to make that choice and to turn away from those things of the world. And, yeah, yeah. There, there's challenge in that. Well, I think when you look at, like, people who ultimately end up walking away from church and faith, mm, sure. they never really kind of walk away and be like, it was just too easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that church, it was That's right. too easy. Yeah. And I got it done. I beat that level. And yeah. yeah I like I, I was, you know, working, like, you know, investing so much of my time and energy and effort into the church. And I was like, I was not, not challenging. I was right. like just bored with it. Yep. Yeah. And there's plenty of churches out there that might be boring, but I don't think people are that's, really walking away that's saying like, not the reason, yeah. it's too easy yeah. to be a Christian and I want a harder faith walk. No, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. All 
All right. Uh, number two. It doesn't fix everything. For show. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, in this life, it doesn't fix most things because we still yeah. live in a broken world, right? Like, yeah. I think it gives us insight and vision for how things can be different and how we can look for uh, those things to be different, but I don't think it actively <coughs> fixes things. Yeah. For sure. And I think tough. I think there's real danger here when we present Christianity as like the solution, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, you've got problems in your marriage, try church yeah. or uh, struggling with addiction. Here's Jesus. Yeah. That's going to make it, that's going to fix it. Yeah. And that's not necessarily how that's going to work. Now, there are plenty of people who have conversion stories where like they became a Christian and things in their life got better or sure. easier sure. or different, but this is not what it's supposed to look like yeah, for the I, vast majority of us. I think Jesus yeah. Jesus' faith can make can be a part of a solution, right? Like, oh, you're struggling in your marriage. Here's Jesus and really good marriage therapy that go yeah. hand in hand. Like I think that yeah. matters. Um, you know, you're struggling with addiction, here's Jesus and really good counseling and therapy sure. and medical interventions. Yeah. Those things matter. I think that faith is a critical component. Yeah. But it it alone is not going to fix all of your woes. Yeah, yeah. Sicknesses just they don't go away no. just because you're a Christian. Broken yeah. relationships don't magically heal just because you become a Christian. Churches are filled with people who are yeah. still dealing with broken relationships, illness, all these things. Yeah. So, so let me ask you: Why do sometimes Christians present that faith in Jesus will fix your issues? Because it's great marketing, man. For sure. I mean, it's it's yeah. real. I mean, you know, if you got people who are struggling and hurting, what do you, what do they want? They want something that fixes it. And so, if you just say, "Oh, this is the thing." It, I mean, in some ways, it's why does Flex Seal or the Mr. Pillow Guy or whatever, right? These uh, as seen on TV things. Why do they sell? Because yeah. they they have found a quote unquote problem and they have the one solution that no one else has ever thought of, right? And in some ways, it's it's what we've turned Jesus into. It's like, oh, Jesus is the one solution that none of you have ever thought of, and all you have to do is say this prayer and send me this money, and yeah, and it's all better. It's an it's an easy sell. Mm-hmm. It's just not, I think, authentic and genuine to who Jesus is or what the gospel calls us to be about. Yeah, I think we have kind of maybe, I think there are definitely some Christian churches out there that are, I think, predatory in this. Yeah, absolutely. That are like, absolutely. they're intentionally selling a bill of goods of like, you give this, you know, usually it's financially, like mm-hmm. you, you know, plant this seed money and watch what God is going to do. And that, I think, is intentionally predatory. Yes. But I also think there's Christians out there who present this Jesus fixes everything or Christianity fixes everything. With a little bit of, ni- not not necessarily predatory, but more like naivete. Sure. Like, yeah. and maybe they're still hoping to see it in themselves. Yeah. Right. You know, like they're saying it because they want to feel it themselves. Like, if only more people, part of what's going to fix everything is if I tell more people about Jesus. Yeah. And we get bigger in the church and then, you know, that's going to be fixing everything. And that, I think we just need to be honest, right? Like, you come yeah. to church... I think a lot of great things happen. Your cancer still might be there. Yeah. And uh, your broken relationships still not, still might not be healed. Yeah. Now, and here's the, the truth and the hope that we hold on to, right, is that yeah. ultimately, yes, Jesus will fix all things, right? Yeah. All things will be yeah. redeemed and restored through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. That, that is the final promise that we hold on to and that we cling to. But we try to make that too much of a reality in this life, in this moment, Sure. And I think we are setting ourselves up for disappointment. Absolutely. At no point does Jesus say to his disciples, hey, follow me and all of your woes will be healed immediately. 
Yeah. Jesus does talk about, you know, what it will be like to live in the kingdom of God and in the city of God and what that will be like when that happens. But yeah. that's a, that's a future point that we have not yet achieved. Yeah, uh, 100%. And, and I think this ultimately will lead to more people maybe coming to church yeah. and then abandoning faith altogether yeah. because yeah, yeah. they were sold, you know, a version of Christianity that's not real. Yeah. And, you know, like if you're like, hey, this is going to fix my problem and it doesn't, you're like, well useless yeah in fact uh yesterday so as of release yesterday would have been sunday Mm -hmm. uh, and we read a story a parable of jesus about uh seeds being scattered in different kinds of soil and you know there's good soil and it grows up and it's great and there's the path and it gets eaten by birds and there's rocky soil and gets picked away by thorns or i don't remember all the things off the Mm -hmm. top of my head but you know i I think in some ways right that churches are setting themselves up to be different types of soil as well and if if we're spreading seed into soil but allowing the church to be the thorns that chokes us out like that's also for not sure. great yeah, yeah. i think one is like yeah the the plants sprout up quickly and yeah. big but the roots never take root and then it just all dies yeah you know? so like yeah i think that's the rocky soil that's, yeah that sounds agriculturally right yeah um number three you won't have all the answers sure i yeah i i, I don't disagree i wonder how many people really go into christianity thinking they'll have all the answers maybe sure. that's more than i'm more than i'm aware of <clears throat> but I wouldn't put that as like as high of a priority for me as the other ones because I don't in my yeah. experience people don't enter into Christianity thinking they'll have all the answers but I could be wrong maybe I'm in a different circle yeah I guess like I have you know spoken with a couple of our young people here who are who like what we do in youth group who like going on mission trips who like all these things but when it comes to like real faith in Jesus they're like I can't get it to make sense you know uh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, looking yeah. for like a faith that like makes sense scientifically or uh you know i can put all the numbers in a row and i can walk away being like there's jesus on the other side and you know sometimes it'd be like i don't think that's what you i don't think you can yeah. <laughs> like like if that's what you're really looking for i don't think you're gonna find it here in jesus uh, yeah. in jesus yeah. Yeah, because yeah. i don't think that that's not the way that this is gonna work i don't think not more and more knowledge is not going to solve the problem because it's not built on, you know, this, you know, uh, a mathematical formula mm-hmm, that kind of mm-hmm. leads you to Jesus. Um, and, and that's okay. Like that's what faith is. It is sometimes stepping out and saying like, some of this doesn't make a ton of sense and I don't have all the answers. Yeah. And yet I still trust that what God is doing in this world is uh, good and beautiful. And so sometimes I have to say like, I think that question is just going to have to be a question. And mm-hmm. that's just the, the, and I don't think there's any answer that I could give that would satisfy. And maybe there's not an answer in this world. Yeah. And, you know, in big questions, like why do humans suffer? Well, humans have been answering that since the beginning of humans. Yeah. And so like, we still have not gotten an answer that yep. satisfies that yeah. we're like, we solved the problem, everybody. Like we're still asking it for a reason. Sure. But I, I, and I do think with kind of kids like that, in fact, we had a, you know, a kid even on our last mission trip who, when you kind of refocus them on like the answers we can give are about relationship, Mm -hmm. about value, Mm -hmm. about, um, purpose. Those are the answers we can give. And when you look there, you're going to find a lot more meaning than how can you prove that God is real? Right. Like, and I think that that, um, that that does can shape and change lives. And we had, you know, a student who walked away from our program with a, a, a deeper understanding of who God is by focusing on the writing an- those answers yeah. instead of, well, let's, um, you know, let's learn about the big bang theory. Cause right. that's just, I think we're going to, we're going to suffer there. Yeah. All right. Uh, number four, 
Sure. Five? Sounds right. Four. Four. You never stop learning and changing. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's good to know. I think that we can't look at like our baptism or our acceptance of Christ as like the end, right? It, For sure. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing that we do with graduations. Like graduation is not the end. It's into one thing. It's the start of something new, right? It's launching. Mm-hmm. It's the reason it's called commencement. It's because something new is, is starting. And I think in a lot of ways, our baptism and stages of faith is a step in that process too, right? This is yeah. one way in which we're continuing to grow and it should be a lifelong process. We should never think, oh, I have achieved faith. Yeah. Like faith is always expanding and shifting and changing with us and growing with us. And our understanding is seeing new things and mm-hmm. hearing new things. And yeah, absolutely. I think what's difficult about this for like an adult coming to faith later mm-hmm. in yeah, life yeah. is that like we churches have kind of like natural touch points for young people to yep. kind of like allow for learning and change. Like you go from like Sunday school where you're learning about like these basic stories mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. confirmation where it gets maybe a little more intense to senior high youth group where you're having more intense conversations. You're living out your faith differently. Yeah. You're separating it from your parents or your family structure to make it more of your own. And so like we have these natural like progression, but when you're an adult, we don't, necessarily have that very easily um you know even i think churches out there who have like this is the beginner's class like you know it, it, they don't really necessarily have that ease of like okay i'm i'm only being poured into by other people right mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. and next i start you know stretching my wings a little bit it's it's i think it's harder for adults to kind of make that transition yes because sometimes we're like oh you're new let's plug you into programming right away, yeah, right? Like let's yeah, get yeah. you involved. And that does help, you know, plug you in with relationships and, and understanding, but it doesn't necessarily like, let's find a way for you to learn to walk first um, before jumping into kind of these deeper, more meaningful Bible studies because you're not mentally or yeah. spiritually ready, you know, yeah. for some of those conversations. I, I think this is a, a bit of a hangover for us from our culture of, evangelizing to people who already know faith, right? Yes. I mean, because if, yeah. if you go to a church a church that is more, quote-unquote, seeker-oriented, right, so it's intentionally reaching out to people who don't know Jesus, they're much better at this. Sure. And yeah. I, I might not agree with a lot of the things they do or even the things that they teach, but they're very clear and, like, we're going to get you in, we're going to get you into a, a group that's going to help you be disciples of, you know, this person who's been doing this for a while, and you're going to learn from them, and they're going to teach you about, like, how to follow Jesus and how to read the Bible, and, like, they're very clear in that process. And we have not taken that step because mm-hmm. I think that— we still operate with an underlying assumption. If you're coming in our doors, you understand some semblance of what Christianity faith is all about. Yeah. And that's probably not the right assumption to have, but I think that that still undergirds sure, yeah. a lot of the work that we do in this area. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's tougher, you know, if you only have, you know, at one period of time, like maybe like, you know, five or six families or individuals who are like in that kind of like we're we're just starting it's tougher to be like okay what do we do for these five or six right yeah you know versus we have all these programmings we have a ton of things going on uh let's just plug you into what we already have going on and without kind of having that gap and breathing room of like let's let's figure this out yeah I, i do think one of the things i know that we've done is like we've kind of tried to match Incoming people with people who are established who've been here and been like, let's this person be kind of a crutch and kind of a like help guide you through this process from the perspective of a lay person instead yes. of a perspective of a staff member, yeah. you know, or a pastor. You know, like this is what it looks like for us to to practice life uh, in faith and how can we kind of walk alongside you for a period to help, you know, get you, you know, in in get your momentum going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which we do. But I, I mean, I'll just be honest, right? I'm, I'd be hard pressed to say that any of those, what we call uh, sponsors, right? 
um, any of those sponsors would feel equipped to say like, hey, you're new to faith completely. Sure. Like, like they're they're equipped to say like, hey, you're new to Lord of Life. You know, let me sure. tell you what yeah. it's like to be a part of our community. Yeah. Um, but even our, our new member process that I that I teach and that I'm pretty excited about, I think we have a pretty solid new member process for getting people connected to our community. It's it's rooted in an understanding of like, you know who Jesus is yeah. and you know what the story is. And that's it's a it's a gap in our process that yeah. I'm becoming aware of as I have this conversation. Sure. So yeah. well. Thanks for pointing out the flaws that I will now have nightmares about. Well, that's great. This next one will help you out then. OK. <laughs> You'll still make mistakes. Oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you will. Yeah. And, that's, and it's OK. Right. The grace is big enough for those mistakes. And like, yeah, yeah, it's OK. I think this one, this one is interesting, too, because I think. Oftentimes the church's, you know, message sometimes to the secular world has unfortunately Oof, been yeah. way too much of like clean up your act and act mm-hmm. like us. Mm-hmm. And and we're kind of a nightmare. Yeah. And we're not that great to be around sometimes. Like Christianity is not that pleasant, you know. Sometimes like, you know, even now, like sometimes when I'm like, hey, I work for a church, I'm a Christian, I always have to throw some qualifiers in there when I'm introducing that to people. Be like, yeah, not that and kind. I am very much pro, you know, the gay community yeah. and women in leadership. Like yeah. I like them, you know, I'm for those things and I want those things to be more and more expressed, not only in you know, the secular world, but also in the religious world. Yep. You know, like I have to like make sure like I'm cool. <laughs> like, That's right. like, no, no, it's good, guys. It's all good. We're yeah. cool, right? We're, like, we're fine here. it's good. Like, um, so I think like that you, you'll still make mistakes. Sometimes come from a church that acts like it doesn't make mistakes. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and and sometimes you know we'll offer like forgiveness to those within the tribe, but not necessarily the humility to step into situations to say like we are unsure of what you know how this is supposed to play out especially Mm. like newer issues in our culture and yeah and the culture war issues of like i don't know you know the best practices for trans athletes yeah drag are are people in drag reading books in the library crt you know these major culture war issues that are relatively new it's the church is all all of a sudden be like we know the answer yeah and it's blank yeah (laughs) instead of like i think this is a a way for us to say like we're gonna make mistakes along the way and sometimes we'll alienate some people for the sake of welcoming others and then yeah a year later we'll alienate the people we welcome for the sake of welcoming the people we once alienated you know like we'll we're figuring this out and so we have to have a willingness to say like we're making mistakes yeah and so when you become a christian you're going to make the mistakes. Yeah. Like you're going to be alongside of us. What I, what I find fascinating about like this in particular, right, is that the early church made a lot of mistakes. Absolutely. And like Paul's yeah. letters are filled with churches who are making mistakes and trying to figure it out. Yeah. And even in like Corinthians where Paul's like super angry at the Corinthians, like he's fed up with what they're doing. Right. And, yeah. but there's still so much grace that Paul outpours for their communities and still so much opportunity for like love and instruction and, falling back on the grace of God to to learn and to do better. And never once does Paul say, you know what you should do is you should go out and you should uh, protest this thing that's happening in your Roman city, or you should like yeah. go out and like <clears throat> run for office and, and change the laws of your city. So that this thing can get like, that's never Paul's advice. Paul's sure. advice is always turn to Jesus, turn to one another, love one another. Like that's Absolutely. always what it comes back yeah. to. 
Yeah, and sometimes, you know, Paul and the other disciples are having deep infighting. Yeah, like, absolutely, like, yeah. Like, that's bitter and personal yeah. sometimes, yeah. like, that they cannot get on the same page. Yeah, some yeah. of Paul's, like, petty attacks at Peter in his own letters. Oh, man, they're just... Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah for sure. Once you, like, know the backstory yeah. and know what's going on, it's really... And it's we're really only getting Paul's side for the majority of it, but, like, yeah, yeah. It, is, it is, you know... We get a little of Peter's side in Acts a yeah. little bit. But, yeah, like, we're, we're really definitely getting um, a church that's willing to, to struggle. Yeah. And I think that that's valuable. So you as a Christian will struggle. That's yeah. just an un- undeniable fact. Um, and so Peter does get like the whole papacy thing. He does. We, yeah. we get Paul's side of the story, but Peter gets the papacy. So that's true. <laughs> For All what right. it's worth. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Number six. It's complex. Yeah. I hope you would know this before you became a Christian. Yeah. If you didn't know this. I mean, I guess this is going back to like some of the first ones where it's like, I feel like somebody was pulling wool over your eyes if they're not letting you see that it's complex. If, they, if they're feeding you a line of like, oh, following Jesus is simple. Yeah. And there are no problems. Like that's, it, it's not authentic to the stories of Jesus. Absolutely. I mean, the idea of like, the idea of Christianity at its root when it comes to like personal faith is it's going to infiltrate every aspect of your life and what you do and how you perceive the world. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't mean every aspect of your life and what you do and how you perceive your world needs to change. Right. But it will be a part of all of those things. And yeah. so it's yeah. going to do that. That's what it's designed to do. It's not just, you know, and the point of this podcast is it's not just come to church for an hour on Sunday morning right. and see you next week. You know, it's about like how to have that infiltration of every aspect of who you are Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and that's a good thing that's what it's supposed to be um and if it's true it really should right like if jesus is like the savior of humanity creator, you know creator of the universe yeah that and wants to have like a personal relationship with you yeah that's a that's a god that needs to infiltrate Mm -hmm. every aspect of your Mm -hmm. life because clearly you got some stuff going on and jesus wants to be a part of it yeah yeah. All right, number seven. All right. It's last one. not. Do we need a drum roll? Sure. I'm not going to put one in. Brrr, yeah, there, there you go. go. It's not us versus them. Ah, uh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think most of Christianity does not do a good job of portraying this. Agreed. And I, w- I would even say, like, I struggle with this because it's really easy for me to get in, like, in my preaching and my teaching to say, like, hey, this is what it's like to be the follower of Jesus. And this is what the world out there tells you. Right. And it's really easy to inadvertently cast it as the other. And the reality is we are the other, right. You know, they are no different than us. Like we're just as guilty of this stuff that I'm talking about as, as they are. Um, But it's really all like the story of Jesus is again, all of creation coming about to redemption. Absolutely. And so whoever you think the other is, that other is just as worthy and just as likely to receive the redemption and love and mercy of God as you are. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, for some branches of Christianity, part of the cell yeah. is it's us versus them and yes. come join us. Yeah. Like, and Get that, on the right side of this war. Yeah. yeah that, that, and so you're taking people who are maybe naturally inclined to believe with you without the Jesus aspect, but the cultural aspects or the financial aspects or whatever, the, the political aspects, and they're, and they're capitalizing on that shared yeah. belief on those stages and saying join us in the culture war yeah um we're we're gonna align together and so it kind of draws you into the faith aspect of those things but that 
and I like how you mentioned like that is a temptation sometimes for us. Yeah. Because it is, right? Like even though I look at that and I'm like, ugh, the guys, seriously, that's gross and disgusting. And you cannot expect that to make a religious movement that lasts. That 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 cannot work. And yet at the same time, it's really easy for me to do the same. Right? Yeah. Like, come join us because yeah. we're we're on your side and we're on we have the same alignment, you know, maybe politically or socially or culturally. And so let's just add faith to it. You know, yeah. but like without saying like, hey, Jesus is very much for the uh, you know drag queen reading a book in a library and very much for the person with the protest sign outside. Jesus is equally concerned and invested and loves both of those individuals, mm-hmm. um, you know, an incredible amount. And both of them, uh, my hope, is live in a faith community that celebrates compassion dignity and forgiveness yeah yeah and that's sometimes tough to do right like how could one faith community build both build that for both is tough yeah 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 there's a there's a funny cartoon i don't think it's far side but it's something kind of like far side and it's uh jesus you know giving the sermon on the mount and he's something like uh you know, love your enemies and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And somebody's like, what about Bill? Yeah, Bill's the worst. And like, Jesus is just shaking his head like, yeah, even Bill. And then Bill's like, ha ha, take that, losers. <laughs> and Jesus' response is like, not now, Bill. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I think like sometimes like we make it really hard for ourselves, for others and for ourselves to believe that Jesus is for us. But yeah. the reality is, yes, even for Bill, Jesus is for, and even for those who are like, what about Bill? Really, Bill? And like Jesus is for both of you yeah jesus's forness for bill does not exclude jesus's forness for you i'm absolutely saying that in a really confusing no, way, I, but I, you're with me yeah 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 it's, n- it's not a limited resource jesus has the ability to be for multiple people without excluding anybody definitely yeah. and without fully supporting either of their choices right being for, sure. being for the person with the protest sign and being for the drag queen reading in the library does not make jesus against either of them and it does not make jesus fully support either of their choices yes right there are things that jesus would want both of them to do differently yes yeah we're not taking a stand on drag queens yeah in we're, not, because, we're not because jesus yeah. is for them as human beings they're they yes. children they're beloved children of god and jesus is for them as human beings for sure and christianity is complex and so both of them are going to have ways in which god and faith will transform their lives yeah absolutely. i don't know what that's going to look like but it, it's sure. going to happen yeah 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 no i'm 100 with you and i think um you know, this kind of conversation is really just about like when it comes to like welcoming new people into cr- into church, into faith, like an understanding like it is complex yeah. and it is difficult and there's a lot going on. And unfortunately, our <coughs> I guess, you know, 50 years ago, our culture did the work for us of like mm-hmm. here's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, the cultural understanding of who Jesus is and what the Bible says is kind of just ingrained in the culture. And now. Uh, for some pockets of us, it seems like the culture is doing the work against us. Yeah, you know, like, and maybe both sides of the political spectrum would say that. You yeah, know, like yeah, for yeah. us, it's being like, uh, "Hey, there's a lot of people out there who say there's only one way to be a Christian. We're here to show you that it's not yeah. the case." Uh, and then from the maybe across the more conservative aisle, saying like, "Hey, there is only one way to be a Christian, yeah. and you got to join us." Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I gotta say, there are a lot of reasons that I'm glad that I was. Uh, baptized and raised in faith. Me too. Like, yeah. I just even though I was baptized in third grade, but still, yeah, I mean, getting I, in young made it a lot easier. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like this conversation alone is like, yeah, let's baptize them as soon as we can. Let's just get them in here and yeah. like, not like in a corrupt like, hey, we gotta like sure. ring them in, but like a let's start giving people, giving kids 
the information to make these choices and to see these questions and to wrestle with these questions. Let's give them more time to do this. Let's not wait and think, oh, they can make this choice as an adult. Like it's only going to get harder as an adult. Yeah. And it's not that that hardness is bad, right? That hardness is good. We should be wrestling with our faith even as adults. But I think there are just so many more barriers to cross and they're, they're logical barriers that aren't actually that difficult to get around if you're willing, right? But there, are, sure. s- there are so many more things within us that become intrinsically harder as we yeah. get older that become more uh, brittle and uh, e- and harder to, to shape and mold as my knee is revealing to me today, right? It's, yeah. uh, as we age, things just become more solidified. And mm-hmm. um, I think if we just have the opportunity to let kids ask these questions and wrestle with these questions and um, see the complexity and see... Uh, the ways in which Christianity is still hard, but it's still worth it. If we let kids see that reality early on, I think they're just better equipped to live in the world later on. No, I'm 100% with you. I think that, um, and that you know, hopefully not only helps us know how to welcome in the stranger into church, but how do we prepare our young people to develop lifelong faith to take their faith beyond that Sunday school morning yeah, yeah. or beyond youth group or beyond a mission trip or beyond Sunday or beyond Sunday. Yeah. Hey, that's the name of the show. Oh, look at us go. <laughs> yeah, we did a thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we, uh, we, we wrapped up. We're that's at the it. end. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, if you liked this conversation, uh, be sure to join us uh, next week. We'll be back with more Beyond Sunday. You can email us your thoughts on other things you wish you knew before you became a Christian. Um, you can send those to beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. And you can find all of our episodes at beyondsundaypodcast.com. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday.